Uh, hey, everybody online, I'm glad you're listening. Uh, I, I'm super glad that you're tuning in. And some of you, uh, you, you're still camping, which is fine. It's, it's, God's not mad unless it leaks into September. And I might say that, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but, but wherever you're watching from, uh, even if you're unable, uh, whether it be physically, maybe it's geographically, or, or maybe it's just best for you and your family to, to tune in to a device and worship. We're glad that you are. Uh, East, hello, every, every, We've been in a series called Thunderdome, and each week we, we're basically talking about something that is somewhat, uh, creates heated topics if you bring it up at dinner table, or, or definitely if you bring it up at work, or, or with friends who don't, maybe believe what you believe, and you bring it up, and it becomes a bit of a firestorm. And uh, This week's interesting, and I don't mean to creep you out, anyone really, uh, let me, let me just tell you what we're going to talk about this week, and I need to give you some explanation. Are angels, demons, and the devil really real? Uh, now, some of us are like, yep, move on. I mean, I know some of us are just like, yep. Uh, let me tell you why I think God was very specific on this one. Share this. Because although some of us would check the box of uh, yes, I believe they exist. We don't always live like they exist. In fact, here's some of the weird stuff. And this is just like, like, this might be too personal for you. But anytime I ever talk about this, and I mean, it's like like literally anytime I ever talk about this, like uh, devil, heaven, hell, uh, angels, uh, uh, all that. Specifically, I would say evil. Uh, usually the, the day of that I go, I'm getting ready to preach, like physically stuff starts to like happen to me. So right now, my voice is literally on the verge of going. It makes zero sense. I got, I got water. Don't worry. But uh, I got to tell you, whether that weirds you out or not, I'm no longer weirded out by it. I mean, it's welcome to my life. Uh, but if you want to know, like, why talk about something that, it, you know, it's a group of people at church, why talk about it? It matters a ton. And so uh, whatever you think about it, let me just address some of it, and, and, and we'll walk through it. I'm going to give you a bunch of, of what I would consider facts and details and what the Bible says. But I will turn the sermon at, at some moment, I promise you this, and we'll actually go after, like, who cares if they're real or not? Like, once you check the box, like, okay, so they do their thing, I do my thing. One day, maybe uh, I'll know more. So uh, there's one story I, I, I read recently. Uh, the guy's name is, is John Boston. Um, he got in a car accident. The reason I bring it up is uh, this is what his car ended up looking like. Um, completely burned to a crisp. Now, here's, here's the story that he tells. And, and again, uh, you decide if you think it's true or not. The story that he tells is, is he got in a car accident, actually a uh, major horrible thing. No one is there yet, and his car literally begins to like ignite and obviously completely catches on fire. He can't get out. The windshield melted inward. The door was so jammed and locked that he couldn't get out. He was literally about to cook to death. No sirens, no nothing, no one's there. Then all of a sudden, some guy that he says identified himself as Johnny 
pulls him out of the car, like opens the door like it's a little preschool plastic truck, like it's no issue, pulls him out, sets him to the side, makes sure that he's totally cool, minor bruises, concussions, stuff like that. Meanwhile, the existence of the car shows that it was horrific. No one can find the guy. The guy says, hey, I'm leaving. Are you okay? Yeah, he doesn't know where the guy went. No one knew it. No one saw him. This guy began, in fact, there's even, if you want to go, you, there's, there's articles where he was interviewed, and he's telling nurses and doctors about the person who helped him. And they're like, we don't know who you're talking about kind of stuff. And eventually he lands, he's like, okay, no one knows this person. Who, where is it? This is random and actually physically impossible. Who was that? Uh, my family has multiple stories of where it seemed like someone showed up that no one knows who it is, no one can explain who it is, no one can find that person, but someone came and did some sort of a rescue or intervention, um, some sort of protection, and then is gone, and then it begins to be, I feel like that might have been an angel, someone supernatural showed up, did what was impossible, they're gone, weird or true, or some of you might think it's made up. Then, then uh, you, can, you can flip and, and, and go to some of the opposite. I, mean, I told you I was going to talk about you know, angels and, and demons and the devil. Uh, I, I've had some experiences. I, I, if you remember, there was a hurricane in New Orleans. Well, uh, many, but anyways. I, so I went and did relief work. Uh, and uh, this, is, this is me and a buddy. And we were told to remove the tub. And so this was our best, you see I'm in construction. I am, so we were going house by house by house, helping people clear their houses out so that then we could go uh, paint the base and get rid of some of the mold and all that kind of stuff. And that's what we were doing for a mission trip. Well, uh, near the end of the trip, we, we were exhausted. And we, of course, I mean, you're in New Orleans, you wanna go down to the French Quarter, um, get some donuts and get, you know, just the good stuff and do all that kind of fun stuff. and. Uh, and we were, we were just walking through and, and having the, uh, you know, a grand old time. And I remember going down to the French Quarter and, and we were crossing the street. And so there's a street down that way. And I like physically began to feel something that it was down that street. It's weird. Again, weird. And, and I remember walking down, kind of looking down and going, something is down there. And all it's doing is giving me the creeps, the as though something was dark and scary down there. Uh, maybe even a more personal story. Um, I was uh, newly married. Um, Katie and I had a great honeymoon, and um, we came back, and... Uh, and I remember coming back and thinking life was going to be amazing. But uh, one particular night, you know, it was dark and, uh, and I couldn't sleep well. And I, I, all of a sudden, I woke up and, I mean, I'm just laying on the bed and I just stare at the ceiling. And I had this feeling like something was in the room. I mean, other than Katie. I mean, I know you're like, well, you're newly married. Maybe this is all new to you. Um, And I couldn't shake it, and it, and it was scary. I, mean, I believe at the time I was uh, 24, 25 years old. Felt like I could defend myself. Um, I didn't know what to do. Some of you are like, uh, look around. Um, no. 
Have you ever seen a good horror movie? You don't look around. You just, I mean, and so I, I, I eventually was so overcome. I mean, this is at the, at the point, I mean, uh, hair was sticking up. And um, so I finally do. I just sat up. I don't wake Katie up. And, and I was, I, I don't know that I've ever felt something so dark and evil and scary with no reason to it. Except for, the, I mean, I, I've had it, but that was the most real to me. And there was something dark. Again, some of you tune me out right, right now. They're like, whatever. No, there's something dark there. And I didn't know what to do. I know you're a pastor. You should tell us what to do. I, I was like, uh, no training in this one. Uh, so I did what I thought might be right. I just start to say the name of Jesus. I, no professional training. I just literally started to yell at the name of Jesus. Well, that wakes Katie up. And as soon as I said the name Jesus, by the time she woke up and she's like, what's going on? The dark whatever's gone. So then I was like, uh, hold on. I just start to pray out loud going, okay, so, uh, something's going down. I don't know. And just like in the name of Jesus, say, whatever you are, get out of our house. And uh, never happened again there. Again, I don't know what you think about that. I, I would imagine some of you are like, yep, you got your own story. And some of you are like, uh, you, you, you're crazy, man. Well, I tell you that stuff because I believe with all my heart that there are there are things that you and I cannot see that you and I need to talk about. And it is going to require a, a, a level of faith for you to resolve like what's going on. Because if you deny it because it creeps you out, you are, I think, and missing out on significant opportunity, but also some other very significant things in life. Uh, let, let me just give you some scripture. I'm going to walk you through a ton of scripture. Uh, Look at my hands, look at my feet. This is Jesus after he is resurrected, which is a whole other story. Yes, he came back to life, right? Uh, and, and, and he's with his disciples, and they are kind of going, are you like the guy? Like, I don't know. And he's like, look at my hands, look at my feet. He's showing them his scars. Look at my hands, look at my feet. You can see it's really me. Touch me and make sure that I am, now watch this, that I am not a ghost. You, like, just for a second, I mean, could have titled the sermon, Are Ghosts Real, Right? But Jesus, touch me and, and, and make sure that I'm not, I'm not a ghost. Now, why would he bring up a ghost if perhaps that he's referring to something that you and I can't see that people have talked about regularly? But, uh, because ghosts don't have bodies as you see that I do. Now, Jesus not only brings up ghosts, but describes them. Just a small detail that sometimes when we're reading through Scripture, we're like, no big deal. Oh, wait a minute. He's telling them, I'm not a ghost, and by the way, let me tell you some details about ghosts, and then we're going to move on, and then you can look at my scars and know that I'm the resurrected son of God. I mean, that, all that cool stuff. But you and I should say, huh, Jesus brought it up. Uh, the original language, you can even look at, like when he says ghost, he's talking about spiritual being, something that you and I don't typically say we can, we can see. Uh, let me take, uh, this is in Psalms, uh, God presides in the great assembly. Now watch, he renders judgment among the gods. Now if you're a long-time Christian, you're like, uh, how can there, there are no more gods? 
How does this work? And it's lowercase g, and you're like, what's going on? What is the writer referring to? Well, it was understood and said in Scripture that the, well, the original word is talking about, again, the Elohim. Now, Elohim is a name of God. Most of us, if you grew up in church, you're like, oh, Elohim, it's great, capital E, Elohim, right? Well, there's a lowercase Elohim, and the lowercase Elohim was referring to the spiritual beings, angels, demons. I know some of you are like, I feel like I'm at Bible college right now, and I get that, I get that. But you need to see that all throughout the Bible, over and over and over and over, no one is refusing to acknowledge that there are beings, there are, there are sometimes invisible, but sometimes there's some sort of physical something showing up going, uh, you ain't human. And so you and I need to talk about this. So let's talk about angels. The happy ones at first. <laughs> I mean, some of you, you're like, angels, cool wings and cool stuff like that. Okay, that's neat. Uh, I mean, sure, uh, they might have wings. It's described in the Bible, but sometimes that's not literal. But let, let me just, again, I don't want you to think, I'm not trying to be so elementary, but I want to show you in the Bible that the Bible brings up angels. Because sometimes we think, no, that's just something that Christians make up to make themselves feel a little bit better. And, and, and it makes us like, just feel a little bit more secure. And, and like, they're just making that up. No, it's, uh, here's just some examples. There's a ton. Uh, don't forget to show hospitality to strangers, for some who have done this have entertained angels without realizing it. So this is just giving you an example that this is when they're like, oh no, what if I did? No. But this is giving you evidence that angels can show up in your life and they don't look like giant winged glowing individuals that we hang or put on the top of our trees, which are great. But all I want to do is I want to point out scripture that helps you and I get a very clear understanding that they are real and we got to talk about it because it means something to you and I. Oh, while Zachariah was in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him. If you want to like, well, no, angels don't ever reveal themselves to human beings. That's like a rule. No, it's not a rule. Uh, standing to the right of the incense altar. So there are multiple examples all throughout the Bible of, of angels not just showing up like kind of like incognito going, I look like just a normal whatever. Apparently they show up as well going, oh, you're an angel. I have no doubt about that. You angel, got it. Now, most of us are like, I'd like that. Uh, what, what, would they, what would they say to you? What would they do if an angel showed up? Well, I can summarize that. Again, not full detail, but I can summarize. If you read your Bible from beginning to end, you're going to learn all about angels, but uh, they have three primary roles. Again, you and I could have a longer conversation. Well, actually, there's five or six or seven. I get that. But here's, here's three. They're worshipers primary. And I wanted to give you a reference. Uh, just to help, like, Where's one of the places in the Bible that it refers to that and talks about? What we know is angels worship God nonstop. Listen, you'll even read where they refuse worship. Angels are not to be worshiped. I think that should be, like, so that's why I said it. It should be said. Do not worship angels. They know the gig is God is God. They worship God. Also, they're warriors. There's one reference, but all throughout Scripture, we have evidence that they come to defend and protect and guard. Uh, you, you can read all through. It's, it's amazing what, they are, what they're assigned to do. The book of Daniel has some really incredible things where it talks about that. Uh, angels are messengers. Uh, there's a reference there, but if you love Christmas, let's just stay with the Christmas theme. I brought up Christmas trees and angels on top, uh, where, where you remember that the news uh, got delivered by whom? By, by an angel. 
Scripture tells us all over the place that angels are often assigned the duty from God himself to deliver answers. You know what some of the assignments they have is actually to deliver answers to prayer. But be careful, do not worship them. They are worshipers, they are warriors, and they are messengers. That's a whole summary. Now, eventually you're going to be like, what does this matter to me? I'm going to get to that, but let's go dark for a while. Let's talk about demons and the devil. Uh, I'm torn on this because I hate giving them attention. But if we ignore them, I can assure you that many of the problems in your life, if you were to deal with it regarding what's really going on, you could actually fight this the way it should be fought. So uh, let's let's talk about demons. Uh, When they left a demon-possessed man who couldn't speak, was brought to Jesus. Now, the reason I'm including these, because I want you to understand, some of us think that no, that no longer exists, that demons maybe don't exist, or demons are only in hell. They, they like, well, I just look at the life of Jesus. When they left, a demon-possessed man who couldn't speak was brought to Jesus. And you're like, well, maybe it's just the Bible, and they're just tricking us. So Jesus casts out the demon. So now Jesus is involved, which complicates some of us who want to refute this. And then the man began to speak. So apparently... The demon was doing things to him and restricting him from things, and Jesus cast the demon out of him. The crowds were amazed, as you and I would be too. Uh, Then he appointed 12 of them and called them his apostles. They were to accompany him and would send them out to preach. Okay, preach, giving them authority to do what? To cast out demons. What you need to see is Jesus thought the conversation about demons was a big enough deal to gather up his crew and say, I'm giving you specific power to cast out demons. I know some of us want to like, keep this in maybe our horror movies. And I know sometimes it, the reason we need to bring up this here is because it's so tense and weird and scary and and almost seems sci-fi, we don't touch it, but you need to. Now, there's a whole other conversation about the devil. But when people keep on sinning, it shows that they belong to the devil, who has been sinning since the beginning. But the Son of God came to destroy the works of the devil. If you knew the Bible, you're going to hear the devil called lots of different things. Maybe you personally call the devil lots of different things that I'm not going to mention right now. But there's uh, Lucifer and Satan and the devil and the deceiver. And there's a whole long list of names. And if you wonder, like, the devil, oh, like, red, you know, horns. Looks a whole lot like a cat, maybe, a red one. I'm just kidding. Uh, anyways, but, but I, want, I want you to see that the, the Bible's bringing up the devil and not just in Old Testament and New Testament, but, but, but watch this. For, for you are the children of your father, the devil. For you are the children of your father, the devil, and you love to do the evil things he does. He was a murderer from the beginning. He's always hated the truth. Now you're learning about like where the devil came from and how long he's been around because there is no truth in him. It tells you a little bit more, but we call him the deceiver because he just constantly lies. When he lies, it's consistent with his character for he's a liar and the father of of lies. Um, If you refute the idea that angels and demons and the devil exist, what you're going to have to do is cut all the Jesus parts out of your Bible. Because Jesus addressed all of these 
And very specifically, not only did he address them, he trained other people to know how to deal specifically with demons and how to fight the devil. So when you and I are kind of like, this is weird and I'm not sure about this and I don't know where to go with this and where you can start with, well, what did Jesus say about it? Well, Jesus flat out said they're real and they exist. Now, I gave you like a basic summary of, so, uh, so what do angels do? And that was a fun conversation that's nice. They're warriors and messengers and worshipers. What about the devil and, and demons? Well, the Bible spells that out pretty clear. Uh, and this is, a, this is quite a list for those of you who take notes. But uh, blind you from truth is one of the tactics in here. Satan, who is the god of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. If you've ever found yourself struggling to believe what's in the Bible because it doesn't mesh with your version of God, sometimes you're being blinded not by just culture, but by the devil. Satan, who is the god of this world, has blinded uh, the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. This is why if you're in Christian circles sometimes, you'll hear references, not in judgmental ways, but going, it feels like they're blinded from the truth. It's not like just Christian speak. Uh, there's more. Like I said, there's quite a list. Steal God's word from you, like steal it from you. Uh, the seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom and don't understand it. Then the evil one comes and snatches it snatches away the seed that was planted in their hearts. This frustrates specifically parents and pastors and people who disciple people. You're like, I told them the truth and, and it went well, but then they just stopped believing. Something corrupted something. Someone stole it. Uh, they trap you. Uh, then they will come to their senses and escape from the devil's trap for for they have been held captive by him to do whatever he wants. So I'm just showing you the agenda of the devil and demons. They're trying to do all these things actually to you and go after you. If you're like, yeah, I don't like them. That's a good approach to take with them, uh, to not like them. Uh, you need to know that there is nothing good, whether they tell you or not, whether you buy this lie that, hey, cool, like, like following Satan, he's not that bad. He gets a bad rap. No, no, it's a pretty like honest rap of what he gets. Trying to trap you. Delay you, uh, can kind of seem weird, but stay alert, uh, or here, delay you. We wanted very much to come to you, and I, Paul, tried again and again, and I, Paul, tried again and again. Wait, Paul, he tried, and he, and he couldn't. Satan prevented us. If you go in the book of Daniel, I've brought up Daniel already, but you'll talk about how Daniel was praying and, and fasting, and it seemed, it felt like God was delaying, and God was just like not like really like fully showing up, and eventually the angels show up, and they say, hey, sorry, we were like fighting like a bad guy back there, and we're here now, but that's what we were doing. In other words, I know you would say we were delayed. And the devil wants to delay you. Do you know what a lot of Christians, what we get caught doing? Delaying God, too. There's a battle going on. And then, of course, the obvious one, um, they just would love to destroy you. <laughs> Yay! Uh, stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. So I created a checklist for us. Um, angels real? Yep, according to the Bible. 
Demons real? Yep, according to the Bible. Devil real? Yep, according to the Bible. Are spiritual battles real? Yep, according to the Bible. If you're like, well, I don't like the Bible. Okay, let me repeat this. Angels real? Yep, according to Jesus. Demons real? Yep, according to Jesus. Is the devil real? Yep, according to Jesus. Spiritual battles real? Yep, according to Jesus. I think one of the issues that we run into is that the devil doesn't want us talking about this, and so what he's done is he's made it so taboo and ooey-gooey and weird that we avoid it. So uh, let's go back to the Bible. He shall speak words against the Most High and shall wear out the saints of the Most High. I want you to notice something. Have you, do you ever just get worn out with the bad that's going on in this world? Do you ever, maybe you walk with God and, and, that, and that relationship with God started off like on fire, it's going amazing, but then you kind of got wore out by it and just felt like constant adversity and you were tired of it. Guess what? Not a new problem. Do you know, and I believe this with all my heart, that the devil is trying to throw things at you and to not necessarily always take you out with the first one, but to wear you and I out, to wear the saints out out. So what are the consequences? Here, let me give you. If you ignore spiritual battles, it's easy to feel defeated and hopeless. I wonder if some of us are here right now where you walked into church or tuned in and you're like, and someone had asked you before, how do you feel? And you'd be like defeated and hopeless. Or you would have used other words, but they would match with that. I'm telling you, if you actually ignore spiritual battles and ignore what's really going on, you're going to find yourself going, I feel this, and I don't know what to do about it, so I'm going to do nothing about it. Maybe i, I got to think more positively. i got to like maybe like stop social media, which that's not a bad idea anyways, but, but I'm telling you, it's deeper than that is what I want you to see. In fact, I want to take you, I think, maybe closer to home. If you can, uh, in fact, I was even done with the sermon I feel like God laid something on my heart, and it feels like he read at least my mail, and maybe it's yours too. Uh, if you ignore spiritual battles, you will pick unnecessary battles. Now, this might just be for me, so give me just a second to preach to my own self. But I have a tendency sometimes to think that my battle is against people or against things that, where they've said something or done something, or maybe it's the opposite. They didn't say something or they didn't do something. Sometimes I think that when my wife and I are fighting, not that it ever happens, it does actually, uh, that she's the enemy or I'm the enemy or the, when the kids don't do something they should or do something they shouldn't and, and it makes it feel like they're the, and I, I, what I find is that when I ignore that maybe there's a spiritual battle going on, I start to yell and I start to like get mad and I start to give the silent treatment and I start to make stupid posts, at least deleting them just before they're sent and, and I begin to pick unnecessary battles. So if that's not for you, it's for me. But I think it's for all of us. Like, why talk about angels and demons and the devil? Come on, where's the mercy and the grace? I get that, but let's not move on just yet. Could one of the major problems in this world be that the devil has stoked things so much that we're not actually even fighting him right now? We're fighting he, like each other, and he's laughing about it. To where if you and I would just stop picking unnecessary battles, I wonder if the smoke would clear enough that we could see the real battles going on. 
Just a thought. So I gave you an incomplete list. What Jesus would say, what the Bible would say, angels are real, demons are real, the devil's real, spiritual battles are real, but so is victory. You do not have to live in fear of demons and the devil and go, oh no, is he going to get me? Let's go to the Bible. I think this is important. I've told you all this so that you may have peace in me. I love the word peace. When you have peace, you have some evidence of what God's doing in your life. Here on earth, you will have many trials. A stinking man. And sorrows. Amen. But take heart. Why? Not because I'm going to remove all of your problems right now and you're not going to have to deal with it. But take heart because I have overcome the world. I have actually extended victory for you. There's some argument amongst theologians about how it all went down, uh, meaning the devil being in heaven. That's where he started. If you don't know how this all works out, I'll sum up a lot of the Bible for you. Apparently, uh, the devil or or Lucifer was the worship leader uh, in heaven, and he was kicked out. Uh, The the debate happens exactly how, because all throughout the Bible, there's some symbolism, things like that. But one of the places where it gets hotly debated is how many of the angels were also kicked out. And one place references that maybe it was one third of them. Uh, Just here's one of the places. And again, I know this is debate and I'll get to my point. His tail swept away one third of the stars in the sky and he threw them to the earth. That's one of the places, other places where it talks about, though, these angels and and the devil being thrown down. What I find it fascinating is, and I want to bring something up, if this is true, if in the sense of, if this is talking about the devil and the demons and all that kind of stuff, fallen angels, if that's all true, that means one third, again, I failed math multiple times, but one third of them became demons. And if you want to know who are the demons, they're the fallen angels, okay? One third. Now, you can focus on the one third. You can spend the rest of your life afraid of the one third or do a little bit of math. One third. That means there's two thirds remaining. Of whom? Angels. So basic math would tell you that it's two to one. Chill out. Now, again, we could debate some of that, but I thought it was good to bring it up. Let me tell you some more. Uh, when the 72 disciples returned, they joyfully reported to him, Lord, even the demons obey us. When we use your name, they're like, what? We have authority over these scary, this is scary. Yes. I think he was probably like, duh, but they put in the Bible, yes. But anyways, um, yes, he, he told them, I, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. I mean, so Jesus, again, brings up Satan and the devil coming down. Uh, Look, I've given you authority. I've given you authority over all the power of the enemy. And you can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. Nothing will injure you. But don't rejoice because evil spirits obey you. Again, the whole thing is not dwelling on demons and all that. Here's what. Rejoice because your names are registered in heaven. It's not about being afraid of what's out there maybe or caught up what's going on in life now. Jesus continues to always remind us, yeah, but, but eternity is the biggest deal. But let me make a point. You aren't powerless or outnumbered. Why does God want us to bring up at church a topic that's like, oh, wow, angels, demons, the devil? I think some of us all to get to this place, you aren't powerless or outnumbered. Stop believing anything differently. When you follow Jesus Christ, As your Lord and Savior, you you get his spirit. 
You are not powerless. Let's stop saying, well, everyone sins, so I have to sin. It's just no big deal. It all happens. Stop looking at the problems in your life and calling them just mountains that you can't overcome. No, God's like, I'll walk with you. Let's do this. I think this is why the topic needs to be brought up when this whole Thunderdome series, why? It's not about the angels and, and, and the demons and the devil. It's like, how outnumbered and powerless have you been behaving? And I think we got to stop. Which leads us to this, repentance. If you don't know what repentance is, it, it's not just like, I'm sorry, it's sorry and surrender. And I want to invite you into that. I don't know what kind of life you've been living, good or bad. Perhaps it's the angel part of the sermon. You're like, yeah, that just encouraged me a little bit. I need to be reminded of that. But I think a lot of us have to say, I think I've been living like powerless. I think I've been behaving as though I'm outnumbered by life. I think we need to repent of that and say, God, would you forgive me of anything in my life that I've given to the devil? And lead me. I think that's the purpose of this sermon. Let's start kicking the devil's butt. And that happens with you making daily decisions of acknowledging what the word of God says because it's from God, who God is, surrendered to God, living for God, and not letting him win just because you see him win. I want to pray for you. Heavenly Father, um, I would imagine... Uh, in our church, where anyone and everyone's welcome, including myself, Lord, I would just want to acknowledge that there are days where probably most of us would say, I lived powerless and like I was outnumbered and I gave in to all those temptations that were thrown my way. God, would you forgive us of that? And Lord, would you help us to be a group of people who is completely surrendered to you, pastor included, Lord, whatever, whatever ground we've given the devil, whatever traps we find ourselves in right now, would you free us, spring us, pull us out? Would you clean us up, forgive us of our sins, and remind us of the power and the authority that we have from you because of you? God, I think you need to restoke a fire in many of us. That this life matters. Eternity matters. And the battle is real. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.